Would you like to exchange best practices and ideas to improve care, enhance operational efficiency, and address financial challenges with your peers? Becker's Healthcare is facilitating these conversations at their 8th Annual Health IT, Digital Health, and RCM meeting. You can check your eligibility for complimentary attendance at the link in the description. We are excited to welcome you in October. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Daryl Bodner, Chief Information Officer at North Country Healthcare. Daryl, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Oh, it's a pleasure to be back. Thank you so much. Now, I know we have a lot to talk about. There's so much happening in healthcare and technology in particular, but before we dive into my questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Uh, sure. Uh, my name is Daryl Bodner. I'm the Chief Information Officer for North Country Healthcare um, in Northern New Hampshire. We're a small uh, group of uh, three uh, affiliate critical access hospitals and a uh, home health agency. Um, I've been in healthcare for over 30 years now and um, and just, I guess, live and breathe it like, the, like everybody else seems to. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, definitely a, a important field to be in and to um, really let consume your professional self. So um, I think that that's so important, so interesting to hear. Now, when you are looking at where you're at today, uh, what are some of the opportunities that are most present for you as well as the headwinds that you have your eye on? Well, I, th- I think there's a lot of opportunity. I mean, there's, there's, there's plenty of opportunity and, and it's a matter of which one I think you prioritize. Um, I, one of the priorities that, that I'm looking at is automation. And that's sort of a general term. And, and I'm reluctant to keep using the machine learning and AI-based uh, terms that are out there because I think they're overused. But the reality is, is that now that we're in, in a post-pandemic world, I don't think anything is ever going to go back to the way it was pre-pandemic. I think those days are gone, and this is the new world, particularly for healthcare. And whether it's workforce supply chain or ways that we deliver care, I think I think all of that has changed dramatically, and, and we have to embrace that. And I think for the most part, we have. My biggest concern is probably workforce. I think it's going to be the single biggest challenge that we're going to face over the next five to 10 years. And I, I think that's probably the consensus of most around most people. Um, in the healthcare industry, that it's going to linger and, and and be a continued problem because the, the 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 supply of new new clinical people is just is not there. So from an IT perspective, I think that's where you know automation is is a big point, you know big big selling point. Whether it's uh, scheduling or you know pre-visit documentation, prior authorizations, ambient voice recognition, you know automated transcription, you know, all those pieces I think come together during the patient encounter and and throughout the entire patient journey. To make things better, and even in even posturing, when you're looking at the revenue cycle, I think there's just a lot of opportunity for automation, and and like I said, that can include machine learning, AI, include all of those components. But I honestly think that's where we're going to gain efficiencies, improve safety and outcomes, and uh, hopefully alleviate some of the stress that's on the on the limited workforce we're still going to have in place. Got it. I think that makes a lot of sense, you know, and it's just so interesting to think through what everything automation, how that really could be a game changer um, for so many different areas of the health system. From your perspective, what does it take as a leader of the IT department or team to really think through, you know, this automation is going to make a big difference for us. How do I um, work with all the other departments, all the other teams to get a sense of, you know, where the real pain points are and then um, have implement whether it's technology or something else that can augment the the current teams without creating too much disruption, you know, have, have you been successful in that or is that still a work in progress? It's always a work in progress. I think that we have, we have spent a lot of time. I mean, when you look at IT, particularly in, in, a, in a rural organization like our own, 
you wear many hats. So you're, you're not only the CIO, you're the CTO. You've got a lot of, of different hats that you wear. So when we see opportunities for technology that can help improve this, um, identifying it is one of our jobs. Then we have to be, be you know, considerate of the time of the, of the clinical staff and the clinical leadership and try to introduce the technologies that can help make their lives better appropriately. And at the same time, look at making sure that we can fund those and that, you know, there, there, there's a, uh, there's going to be a budgetary um, impact for those that we're able to accommodate that. So it's, 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 you're selling um, and you're trying to move, move, move the individuals towards that. Occasionally we'll see that staff um, will, will bring, you know, thoughts and, and ideas to us. But um, in most cases, we're the ones that are, you know, evaluating the technology to try to move the needle on their, uh, on their efficiency. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Now, you know, given that perspective, I guess, how are you thinking about growth and adding value to the health system overall? What does that mean um, from the technology teams and yourself as CIO? Well, I mean, for growth and, and adding value, I mean, I think we're, you know, in this day and age where we're constantly looking at ways to save money and maximize our investments and, and partner with organizations uh, like payers and, and maybe some non-traditional players in the market. I think that is going to be the key going forward. Um, when, when I look at the, the market, and, and make no mistake, particularly when I looked at the most recent release of, of Amazon offering $144 annual subscription to primary care visits, um, primary care is going to be the battleground. And, and of course, that's the, that's the uh, for us, um, I, I, don't, I don't think primary care is a huge moneymaker. Um, but it definitely fuels all of the downstream revenue that we'll get from referrals. So if these players are coming into the market and they're going to start chewing away at the at the uh, primary care market that we have, I, I think we need to partner with them. I think we need to be those those referral sources as we go forward. Um, I think to me that is that is probably a key fundamental change in how we how we look at things. Um, I think there's opportunities for lean best practices that are still in place for for you know to to be able to save money and and fund additional growth. Um, I think that there's we I think we may have even talked about this before, but looking at some of those non-traditional uh, revenue generations, uh, whether it's you know we've done durable medical equipment, retail pharmacy, centralized distribution, we've done those, but we're also looking at housing, real estate, transportation services. I think that catering to the patient where the patient is. Um, is going to be the key for us going forward. And for our growth, we're going to have to invest in that. And we're also going to have to partner with people who are investing in that. Um, I don't think that we can we can beat some of these new players coming into the market, to be honest with you. That's a really great point. And definitely in thinking through primary care, you know, it just seems like um, on a weekly basis almost, there's another <laughs> um, large company that is investing in a primary care platform or, or a large chain of primary care physicians. So, you know, it's certainly interesting to see how that could impact the hospital health system business going forward. And um, I love your perspective there. Have you, you know, when you think through what that partnership looks like, is it still a very beginning stage of conversations or, or design, obviously, um, within your executive team? Or, or how do you really, I guess, prepare for that eventual future? I think it's just conversational at this point because we haven't seen it, you know, the, the market penetration that you would expect. But I, I think it's I think it's good to have a game plan or at least a, a cultural acceptance that, um, you know, in this new market, you, you may not be able to do everything that you did before and that the traditional ways of, 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 of providing care are, are changing. Uh, once again, like I said, I don't think anything will go back to pre-pandemic levels. And, and some of that was, was, you know, 
on the cusp of exploding anyway. The patient experience and, and, and you know, generations of, of, of uh, people wanting to have care delivered where they are. Um, watching, you know, my son just, you know, I, I want, I want to make sure I have my appointment now. I want to have it instantaneously. I do not want to have to go into the office. I don't need to, and I don't want to pay a lot for this. I mean, that is an expectation that's going to come forward um, from 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 a whole generation or generations of of new patients, and um, our traditional models just don't fit that. So I think adapting to that is going to be key. Um, but we're just to answer your original question, we're just it's just conversational at this point. We have no nothing concrete. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. And, you know, in thinking through, we talked a little bit about some of the areas where healthcare resources are are definitely um, in high demand, whether it's on the staffing side, whether it's, you know, kind of organizationally and operationally, how do we make more out of, you know, the current resources that we have. And so given that kind of environment that we're in and reality that we're in today, what do you still see as being an important areas to invest in or, or risks that, healthcare organizations should take in order to prepare themselves for the future? Well, I think, I think one risk is, is like I said, looking at partnerships. I think that's, that's, that's a key piece, but for investment, I, I cannot think of anything else that we should be investing in except for, um, for, for labor markets. Uh, we need to improve and invest in our people, whether that's technology to ease the burden of what they do or, or to, to increase the volume. I, I don't think that there's going to be anything more important to us going forward because without people, and without great people, and we have great people within our organization, um, we, we have nothing. And I think the biggest challenge is is that we we've watched the the entire healthcare um, labor market sort of change to what what was once a calling, then it became a profession, and now it's just a job. And people are able to move out of those into jobs anywhere. These are these are intelligent, ambitious people. That that's not the barrier. And I think. The biggest challenge as leaders is to try to figure out how to get that purpose, how to make it a calling again for people to come back to healthcare. Because without them, healthcare is nothing. I think that's the that's the place we have to invest in the most. Wow, well, what a, an interesting point, and definitely something that you know I'm sure a lot of leaders and organizations are nodding their heads as they're listening to this because that idea of healthcare as a calling is so important and so vital to the mission of uh, many organizations. So when you think about that transition, you know, what do you do at North Country to, to really foster that? I know I, I can imagine it's um, definitely a unique place in, in the community at large. It really, really depends on what you're doing. But um, what are you seeing in terms of trends to make sure this next generation of folks coming up really embody that and embrace that calling? Well, I mean, it's it's hard because it, it it you know it's it was sort of I don't know it was ripped out from underneath them uh, as, as we went into the pandemic and and people got burned out. So I think I think trying to make sure that people feel valued, right, that they feel important, and this this can't be um, just a transactional statement. This needs to be a relationship. So I think building relationships with staff, trying to make sure that they feel like this is the most important job in the world because it is. Um, you know, when, when, when my family member is in the hospital, I want to make sure that that person looks at this as a calling, as a purpose, not as a job. And, and I think that we have to try to foster that. And I think it comes from leadership. I think it comes from the community. I think it's, it's going to take a lot of work. Um, we're trying different things to do that. We're trying to make our employees feel uh, more valued. We're trying to deal with burnout. Um, and, and, and it's a challenge. There's, there's small little pieces, but I think it's a million small little things. Um, that will get us back there, or at least that's my hope. 
Absolutely. I think you put that very well um, and definitely inspiring to think about and what that could really um, mean for, for the next few years and in people building healthcare teams and whatnot. So that's awesome to hear. Now, before we wrap up our conversation, I'm wondering from your perspective, where do you see some of the best um, ways that you as the CIO could grow or develop? How is your role changing? And then, you know, your teams as well, um, really just developing over the next few years? Well, I, I think I think when we talked about this before, I think you, you're especially in, in our our particular uh, area. I think it makes a big difference. But you, you have to wear many hats. You have to be all in. You you can't be siloed to think that that IT is just a matter of delivering technology um, and, and making those pieces work. I think it, I think it needs to be um, part of the organization. You need to look at all the opportunities that are there. And I think the biggest piece that I can help assist with and that we should focus on is looking at that patient engagement and what that patient engagement needs to become and what it needs to grow into. Right now, um, as I said with our staff, we need to do the same thing with our patients because it's very, very transactional and it needs to be a relationship. It, it, needs to, it just needs to be built. Um, you know, the ACO models are working well, but I really think it needs to be a 360 degree view of the patient's health not just that 20% that we always talk about with that we interact with them, but, but the, you know, the overall picture of them. And that can come from, you know, improved processes, you know, vetted technologies, whatever those pieces may be, we need to be involved with that. And at the same time, we need to be cognizant of the fact that we need to do that for our staff and our employees to make that better. So that technology fit isn't, isn't, um, isn't just what it used to be. It, it's definitely gone across multiple swim lanes. And IT is is definitely becoming um, more horizontal than vertical in the organization, spanning across many many uh, different different lines of service. Fascinating, yeah. I, I think that you know definitely makes sense in terms of the model of the health IT and IT department becoming more vertical and, and just essential to so many different functions across the organization. Um, from the talent and the skills that you have on your team currently, um, are you able to kind of reconfigure? the way that they're looking at their roles as then being really supportive for so many different departments and so many different applications. Have um, your team really been pretty open to that or, or has there had to be some purposeful efforts to, to really make this kind of switch and, and um, really be supporting across the board more than, you know, just the IT vertical department as you were talking about? Yeah, no, I think it's a mix. I mean, some people are, are, are more acceptable to change and, and looking at that. Um, and others, you know, it's, it's, it takes a little bit of coaching to get them to there. But I think for the most part, people do, do want to do that. I do know that everybody on my team is here for the right reasons. They, they want to they be part of caring for patients. They feel like they are part of it. And everybody in, 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 you know, that works in a hospital or in any of the healthcare service lines is about the patient. You know, they are part of that team, and they are directly involved in patient care. So I, I think it's easier. Um, my team, at least, seems to work really, really well with that, um, and they're adaptive to change. Um, the problem is it's just a large volume of projects and, and the resource pool is pretty, pretty limited um, to be able to do everything that we want to do. Absolutely. That makes sense. Well, Daryl, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fascinating discussion. And I'm excited to explore more of these themes more in depth at our Health IT Digital Health and Revenue Cycle event in October, October 3rd through 6th. I know you'll be there and you're scheduled to be on a panel. So I'm excited to go more in in depth with you on these themes and, and definitely be just interesting to see how all of this evolves over the next few months. Well, Laura, thank you so much for having me once again. It's always a pleasure and I'm looking forward to that event. Um, I, I know that uh, this year's annual meeting was, was great as it always is. Um, so I'm looking forward to it.